0: Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto-scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2? No problem. Holidays? Flash sales? No problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk-free, and tell them MageTalk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex, the leader of tax technology solutions and services for corporations worldwide. They're a Magento premier partner trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero, better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire.
0: Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento Community Podcast. I'm Philip, and I'm Kalen. Kaylin, <laughs> Kaylin and, Mr. Uh, Kalen Jordan, Mr. Kalen Jordan, Kalen uh, H. Jordan. We're very excited to
1: bring you an exciting podcast today. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you look so you look visibly, visibly bothered by the uh,
0: nope. Not even a little bit, not even things are, things are going really well. I'm happy. I'm happy with things. Things are great. Everyone's happy. What are the things
1: in, in rank order that you are most happiest about to least happiest soul crushingly disturbed by
0: go let's do let's, that's a good question. Uh, on let's, let's bucket it into, into, uh, personal professional, most happy about I'm I'm training for this uh, 40 miles on my 40th birthday that's going really really well wow. um I'm doing you know I've been packing in really long runs on the weekends doing a double long runs Saturday and Sunday and that's going extremely well on the professional front um Magenta 2.4 just came out our team's very excited about it got a lot of uh Got a lot of uh, uh, activity happening over there. Our team contributed a fair deal to it. PWA is coming along. We got a lot of folks doing headless stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. And how about you, sir? Solid, man. Um, I, I will point out for the record that
1: you... Well, you did list a few things. You did. We didn't get into Soul Crushingly Disturbing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, let's which let's is, do the Soul. Which, yeah. is, which is fine. Let's save that. That was Let's, optional. let's do it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I could give you soul my, crushing and disturbing. I'm gonna, I, I'm I'm good gonna at that.
1: I'm gonna get into all my problems with my wife. I'm just. I'm gonna just. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're just. Oh wow. It's. I'm gonna drop it all. No. Um, Happy. Go for man, it. Let's I, see how that goes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, also, man, on the on the fitness front, um, I've uh, been starting to count calories again. Um, I kind of had gone in and out of those phases. You were the one that was like calories in calories out, man. Yeah, baby. uh, You know, so you kind of inspired that. And um, so I'm, I'm sort of publicly sharing uh, my calories every day. um, And just as like an accountability thing. And I find it really helps because like, I'll literally be ready to reach for like 18 string cheeses and like, you know, like just (laughs) like the randomest like You know, just like a thing of yogurt and string cheese and like, you know, Rice Krispies, and I'll just mix it all together. But then I'll be like, that's just embarrassing. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll find myself eating less because it's literally just embarrassing, which is good. You know, I'm, I'm shaming myself into eating a little better. So I'm really happy about that.
0: Well, um, that's uh, <laughs> that's one way to to look at it. Do that's you one really way to eat that look that like? string
1: cheeses. I've never you? literally had eighteen of them, but you know, stuff will add up. You know, like, oh,
0: dude, yeah, it totally. When adds you don't
1: up. count things, you're like, oh, you know, how much did you eat? Oh, you know, I mean, I don't know,
0: you know, pretty much everything. Yeah, you know, and then I you eat start, everything. Yeah, all of the things. Yeah, like
1: two pizzas, a cheesecake. Half of my wife's cheesecake, because why not? And, uh, you know, it just wow. really. Yeah. You know, like it just really adds up. It's, uh, you know, can become kind of an issue. And then, um, you know, Commerce Hero is going well. This feels like an advertisement, but it's fine, because well, why not? Um, because that's
0: where we are. That's, that's where we are right now. That's
1: where we are in 2020. That's where we are. But Commerce Hero is going well. I've actually been doing quite a bit of coding the last, I think, month or so, which is good because I I really sort of stopped coding for a while, you know, when a code base just gets kind of clunky and you just, like, don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole kind of a thing. You've never experienced that, i I've never experienced that ever, but yes,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) But uh,
1: yeah, so this new version of the site, v3, is v3.commercehero.io is uh is oh is is, that public
0: like people can just go there and check it out yeah so it's
1: public all of the new activities happening there um the old site is still there and then um i'm gonna you know i don't want to lose all my seo juices so i'm kind of just letting it do its thing for a while gotta juice uh, that seo baby yeah but so uh so yeah no it's been cool it's been fun i've been just uh did some uh, got a cool Shopify job. Um, I just said, I S-word. saw you post that. Tell me a little bit more about word. that. Well, so, um, yeah, it was just a, uh, you know, I've, I've dipped into a little bit in the Shopify world and have gotten, I mean, everybody has, right. You guys have obviously been sure. Of dipping. course. I mean, it's
0: called commerce hero and not yeah. magento hero, right?
1: Yeah. And so, uh, so, but still, um, I'm really not that deep into the Shopify world and things like that. So, You know, I don't get a ton of traffic from, you know, a lot of the, you know, you might say Shopify agencies or Shopify merchants and things like that. Right. But, um, but yeah, I had a really cool agency sign up, you know, and, um, posted a a job that looks like a good fit and stuff like that. And so, uh, for a front end dev and, uh, yeah. And so I had any
0: specifics on that, like any, any specifics on like the, the merchant category or the. Uh, or the agency or like yeah, what, what So, what a, are some specifics it, on that particular
1: so it's an agency called uh Noticed. I don't know if you've heard of them.
0: Um, no, no, no. Yeah, it's kind uh, of a cool
1: uh, cool. Kind of a cool uh it's so like I think it's noticed.com, I think. Um and uh they seem like a pretty cool, yeah, it's noticed.com. They it seem like a pretty cool shop, a pretty cool agency. Dev shop, design shop, whatever the heck it is they do and so uh yeah so that was cool um and um yeah i, don't know. I think i want to kind of get to know the shopify ecosystem a little better you know
0: well uh yeah i mean this is not uh shop talk this is mage talk but uh yeah uh big big moves happening on that side like there was something really interesting um I saw this morning around the their earnings. Their earnings were bonkers good from Q2. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested to see the Adobe earnings uh, as well uh, mm-hmm. from Q2 when they when they sort of settle that out. Um, I don't pay attention to that stuff enough to have any sort of idea as to whether you know an earnings is good or bad unless Jim Cramer says so. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get your um, advice
1: from Jim Cramer. That's 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 probably true.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think all of e-commerce is standing to do pretty, pretty well right now. You know, most of e-commerce has, uh, some extreme tailwinds as they might say. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah. I, I love that, that sort of diversity. Did you see big commerce, uh, filed for an IPO? <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I did notice that. TJ
0: has been big on that. TJ Gamble, uh, over e-commerce-aholic.
1: I noticed a video, uh, I saw he had a nice YouTube video on it, um, that I, I, I saw a thumbnail or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's that looks real. inch i I don't know too much about you know neither, yeah, neither the nature do I. of the IPO. <laughs> One hundred and thirty millis, It looks like in IPO, uh,
0: which is cool. That's weird. That's something, something, something to the tune of like um, uh, a raise that constituted like almost two billion dollars uh, capital injection. When it's all said and done. Mm. Um, I thought that that was quite interesting. You know, when 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 we started this show, I think three or four years ago, uh, or a couple of years after we started the show, you know, uh, Shopify filed for IPO, and there was a lot of skepticism around whether the numbers were like legitimate or not, whether the growth numbers were legitimate or not. Right. Over right. time, obviously, you know, they've really worked that ecosystem. It's just never grown to the scale. Of the Magento ecosystem, you think about the like massive levels of partners that exist in the ecosystem. There are big consulting firms, big global consulting firms that have massive numbers of developers overseas. Um, then you see like the Deloitte's and the Accentures of the world start to get into Magento development. You just don't see that in the Shopify space. Um, and I think that, you know, to some degree, that is also part of the criticism of the Magento ecosystem is how enterprisey or upscale it has become. Um, Right. And scaling up market in that way, but like complex problems have complex solutions. And, um, so I don't know, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting space to be in and, you know, at something digital, we're, you know, we're, we're humming along, we're crushing it. Everything's great. Can't complain, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about the soul crushing, terrible stuff, uh, particularly in your personal life.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's just, <laughs> let, let's just get into it, man. Let's, let's get into every single fight I've ever had with my wife. Let's just, <laughs> let's just jump in. Um,
0: does she still listen to the show, uh, no. every so often no. to, to check in on? No. Never. That's great. No, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. So we can just die. We can, can, we can say go. whatever we want. We can go all the way. I have a, I have actually, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to gracefully pivot away from that question
0: that's a good question. And that's a good that's a good di- you that's a good idea. A good you should do idea. that. And, definitely uh, don't get into your personal life on the show. I and by the way, to, don't yes. have temper tantrums and rage and rage about things that are actually germane to the topic of this show because <laughs> that makes people mad too.
1: That's a good idea. That's so, a, that feels like so, a hard one piece of uh piece of knowledge of advice yes, yeah of i feel advice. like
0: I, I learned that the hard way i had to remember <laughs> yeah. it again because i've learned it many times on this show <laughs> i mean, like, um,
1: I feel like you've learned that like about 19 times so 17 far. or 18 exactly. times maybe 19 <laughs> no more than 17 um, i
0: will never i feel like i'm never <laughs> actually going to internalize it i give me another year and i'll i'll
1: I think ten years, honestly. I think I think you're on the ten, I think you're on the ten year trajectory, <laughs> it which is this, less frequent than things. it used to be.
0: In, in it's this, my temper tantrums on this show that cause problems in my professional career, are fewer and far but be, further between yeah. now than they used to be.
1: Yeah, it's true. It is true. It is true. I'm um, growing.
0: I'm learning. Have you and, seen? And, and honestly, nobody pays attention to this show anymore yeah. except for maybe Villem Vickman. <laughs> who is the one who popularizes when I throw my temper tantrums. So love you, Willem. Yeah. Um, and Joseph Leedy, who's, uh, who is now our official VIP. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, at least we have some, some longtime fans who are keeping the, the dream alive. The vip
1: of VIPs.
0: Um. It's true. So you were going to say you're pivoting hard away from oh, yeah. the, uh, so the, personal let's, life.
1: Let's talk about this, um, this anti-agency devs theme. That um, I thought was interesting. You tweeted about recently. I thought
0: I wasn't supposed to do the the temper tantrum. It's not a. Ta- I didn't um, think that was a ta-
1: I thought that was a very interesting question. You know,
0: let's uh, let, busk for a second while I bring up the tweet so I can show it because I think that it's uh, it's important. Let's let's do that. So tell, t- explain what the tweet is very specifically.
1: I will explain very specifically. Um, so you <laughs> tweeted, uh, you, you tweeted out. You were asking. What is, what is one thing that, um, so you're like anti-agency devs, what's one thing that can be done to sort of basically make you more interested in working for an agency. And, um, this is actually something I've thought about quite a bit with in the commerce hero world, because, um, I, I added a preference field within commerce hero for, do you want to work for an agency, a merchant, or you have no preference? And, you know, I will run into people that have a strong preference one direction or another. Um, so it's definitely something I've thought about. And I kind of try to understand these different kind of types of developers, right? Like different mindsets and things like that. And so um, I thought it was a really interesting question. And you got some good uh, feedback in there. Um, yeah, I, I,
0: I, I thought so, too. I, I'm going to pull it up here. So you you can't see this uh, on on Ecamm, but uh, it's this right here. Um I should probably hide this right here. Hold on. Uh, stop. <laughs> We're going to have to cut that section out. Uh, that's fun. I love that. Love when that happens. How do I do? You know what? Like the Ecamm thing was super easy in the beginning. Mm. And I, I don't know if you've used Ecamm at all, but like sometimes I can't even with this this app. Like it's great. It's great. But then also sometimes it's just not great. Um. All right. Perfect. This is better. Uh, so, yeah, anti agency devs. What is one thing you'd change to make working for an agency more palatable? And um, Bob Schwartz came in hot. Which is super interesting uh, for those who are newish to the Magento ecosystem. He was the president of Magento in its uh, pre-Ebay into eBay days. Um, and a, uh, one of the larger investors, private investors, I believe, in Magento, um, who left after eBay Enterprise, uh, subsumed everything that Magento was at the time. He said, I would guess, same as any person that has a choice, right? Real mission versus bigger or more, a voice, Time for interesting work, which he characterized as mind versus hands and ownership would be nice. Um, so I thought let's pull on that thread for a second because, um, I characterized ownership as one thing and you, and you sort of <laughs> thought it was something else.
1: <laughs> that's the funny thing about that's That was so funny because, um, I literally was talking to somebody, um, the day, uh, I, I think two days ago. Um, who had a, uh, recently is, is on the job market is on the agency side and, uh, is sort of, um, uh, sort of more interested in the merchant side because of, uh, ownership in the sense of you're working on a project long-term, you have like long-term ownership, um, Mm. of the direction it goes versus like maybe on the agency side, it's like, Hey, we do the bill, we get it out the door. Yeah, in theory there's long-term involvement but in practice it's pretty light. Um and so I think we used the word ownership in that conversation. So I was kind of stuck in that that um thinking that direction and I was like, "Oh, you guys are talking about equity, which of course uh makes sense that that would be a big factor for for some people." Um
0: For some, yeah, probably. Um I what's really interesting about that conversation is that, you know, agencies and Bob brings this up later in the conversation, by the way. Agencies don't typically have a lot of exit optionality. Um, Like, how do you exit an agency professional service? (laughs) 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 Apparently, (laughs) apparently, Magequisition is a thing that you are you are popularizing. It's like agencies left, right, and center are being acquired, um, which I find to be fascinating. Yeah. Um, I. That is a topic I would like to explore a little further maybe later on in the show, because I think that that's a, a really interesting uh, sort of the a landscape of this particular space is is fascinating and it makes me want to look at what the m a landscape of other open source uh, implementer uh, uh, systems integrator mm. agency you know businesses look like outside of e-commerce mm. because um, I think that anyway, I think that that's fascinating. Uh, but ownership, yeah, equity is, is the way that I read that question. And um, I'm curious what, what like this is like the, the forever struggle. You gave a talk one time, I think at Magento, meet Magento New York or something like that wow. about sales for developer, wow, sales for developers. Remember, remember that? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, in this idea of, uh, which I thought that the concept of the talk would have been that, you learning to like sales is not sales in this, in like the I'm selling a product or a service. It's like selling your ideas or like positioning your ideas and getting others, like marshaling others' support to your side. That is selling. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, which I think is like an aspect of selling. Like that's something you should be doing in your role. Like that you will take yourself far in life in any role, but especially as a developer when you can lead people into, you know, into. Uh, supporting the causes and and the approaches that you care about. Mm -hmm. Um, So my question to you would be like, is that a thing you see very often? Is developers having ownership over what kinds of projects an agency would be engaged in? Like... Being able to say, like, I veto, I don't want to work on this kind of project, or it's not something we should be engaged in, or something that, like, is technically impossible or improbable. Like, what did you mean by ownership?
1: Yeah, no, I think, um, I I don't know, that would be, I think that would be a little weird for developers to have, or or for developers to sort of be deciding, like, what to work on. Um, But more so, um, like... Um, you know, you have a relation like you're working on a site, right? You launch it, right? Mm-hmm. And like on the merchant side, uh, like I worked in-house with a with a merchant. Um, and when the site launches, that's sort of when your job begins. Um, so you're constantly thinking about how to optimize things, you're constantly tweaking things, you're constantly um wanting to experiment with things. Like I remember Um, you know, I would come up with an idea of like, oh, hey, let's like, uh, you know, let's try this referral program uh, plug in or let's, uh, you know, and then um, and I don't know, like I was probably not in a strictly developer role, even though that was the title. Um, Mm. It was probably more of a, you know, it was, I don't know, it was more of like a combination of having some direction around product along with doing development. Um, And so like that just worked, for me that worked well um, but i think just generally if you're on the merchant side you know you're it, it, you're you're involved like you're involved for the long term of you know sure. the, the the direction of the site and things like that you're constantly tweaking and experimenting whereas an agency you know you launch the site and sort of like maybe the bulk of your work is kind of done of course a lot of people are going to have ongoing retainers and and i think so i i would imagine Some agencies have much more involvement long-term over the life of a project. And then there's probably some that are like projects
0: out the door. We're on to the next thing. Um, Which. Right. Which. Yeah. There's different, like, those are different. uh, What I usually describe as different muscle groups. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, 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 there are, there are businesses or business units that are exceptionally good at starting with a blank slate and building something. Yep. And that is a different skill to have than we're taking something that exists and improving it or growing it. And, right. and that's like, you really can't take the same group of people. I, I don't think it's it's right. possible or, or fruitful to right. take the same group of people and require them to do both because that kind of context switching and like the, the, the why are we doing this just changes so frequently. I feel like it's, it's like a whiplash almost, you know? Totally.
1: And, and like you're saying, you could have business uh, uh, units within an agency that sort of function differently, right? You could have one agency that's much stronger that direction, one that's more on the, You know, build side of things, but the the positive side generally of being an agency side developer is that you're working on fresh code bases a lot more often. You're working with modern tech stacks a lot more often. You're learning. That's true. You're probably learning faster in terms of uh, just in terms of um, raw development, right? Whereas on the merchant side, you're generally working with a code base that's been around for a while, right? Um, <clears throat> Magento one, uh, right? Yeah, right. Gonna, yeah, and you're and you're maintaining it over a longer time frame, um,
0: but that's totally fine because I keep hearing people say Magento one's just fine. You should just stay on it forever.
1: Yeah. So it's you know it's right. Yeah. It's, so it's, you
0: as a developer, you don't want to be challenged and you don't want to learn new things <laughs> and you just want to like hold this really old thing forever. That's cool. You should do that. Uh,
1: d- you do you. You do you at Magento one developer, <laughs> but like yeah, I mean and 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 uh, but you do have probably a little more ownership over yeah, the business as a whole. Like, yeah, you know. The, the
0: larger, the larger, um, there's this really interesting, like symbiosis, if you will, of um, the, at the end of the day, like this comes back to agency life, right? What do agencies sell? Mm-hmm. Talent. I, I'm asking you a question. Talent. You sell talent. Yeah. You're selling, you're selling capabilities of people. And if you don't have people, you have nothing to sell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and like to be even more exacting, what you're doing is you're selling people's time, right? Like their skills, yes, but you're building on their time. And the, 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 the sort of source of the question is, comes down to like, I think that there is a, a class of a developer, like a certain type of a developer that is an exceptional developer but they're also an exceptional consultant. Yes. like There's a type of a person who is an exceptional developer, yes, but they are an exceptional consultant. They can listen to what a problem is and determine how to solve it in the most... In the, in the most, uh, specific way, like that fits the scenario that's presented to them. And it comes out of a wealth of experience, but it also comes out of like a really good consultative mindset of this is what's best for you. Like, not necessarily what's best for the way that I solve yeah, it. Yeah,
1: Like requirements, right? requirements gathering is basically magic and it's, it's it is. incredibly yeah, it's a, hard. An, it's an
0: incredible skill. Um, it's like, right. it's like
1: one part mind reading and one part solutions architecture. And we've yep. all done it to some extent. We've all failed at it horribly. You know, it takes a That's good... That's how you get good take at a it. good at it, it takes is doing a, it poorly. It takes a good client too. Like you could be the most amazing yeah. consultant in the world. You have a horrible client with a horrible budget. It's physically impossible to make something good come out of that by the way those side
0: budgets are healthy at every size those sideburns by the way yeah you like those like that budgets are healthy at every size That's hilarious. budgets are healthy at every size um yeah that, that might be the show I'm... <laughs> uh i'm gonna i, I, I had that's... it down as gotta juice that seo but i think we're gonna do no
1: this is this is uh, much budgets better are healthy at this it, is much better yeah um, Yeah. So, um, it's funny. I was just talking about to somebody about hiring somebody yesterday. Who's that type of person, um, developer and also able to work well.
0: Exceptional consultant. Yeah. It's
1: worked well with an end merchant, you know, as a developer in Eastern Europe who, um, communicates super well written, verbal English, everything. And like, it's like kind of a unicorn in my mind, yeah, um, and so, but it's funny, I had this exact conversation with them. I said, this guy is amazing. And then I, I and, and I thought about it more and I said, you know what though? You might not need somebody that has all of that consultative prowess. Let's call it. And it's another potential show right. title for you. You might need, it might make more sense for you to pay somebody half the salary who's a great developer and can take requirements from a project manager and knock them out. So you got to find what's There's best for the, you. So
0: that's the next. That's the next piece because I think that you, you're hitting on something else, which is if what she if said. what I said is true, yeah. if what I said is true is that there are exceptional developers who are also exceptional consultants. My then the opposite must be true is that there are exceptional developers who are not great consultants, like they're baller developers, yeah. right? But what they really need is to be given like a task and told like, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to approach it. Like they need the the solution and the architecture kind of presented to them to go carry it out. Yeah. Right. And almost like not to dumb them down in any way, but like they have to be given very well formed requirements and structured for them so that there's no questions left to ask. Uh, and the the success of the project is not really in their hands so much as it is in whoever did the requirements definition, whoever like architected the solution. Mm-hmm. They're carrying out the orders and I think that that's not to say that they're not valuable. They're exceptional to develop, developers. Yeah. They're exceptional at what they do. Yeah. They will cons- they will do it in a way that uh is performant, it is secure. Like they're going to carry out the requirements because they're exceptional developers, but they're not the they're not the consultant type. Yeah. And so, so, the reason I'm kind of coming back to that is I have this belief, and and I might be wrong. Um, those who are anti-agency are typically more like they're at the extremes of both ends. Hmm. They're folks who are extremely capable as a consultant are capable of doing something larger on their own that they don't need to belong to a bigger whole and are typically more entrepreneurial or or f- able to govern themselves as a freelancer and accomplish a lot more without the, the assistance of a larger mechanism to, to guide them. Mm. Or at the other end of the spectrum, folks who don't want to be told what to do, who like kind of love being sort of the lone wolf and want to, they don't want to, like I, I see like, where agency fit exists is kind of in this middle ground where folks that are pro agency or pro developers that are really good fits within agency life are, are, are ones that aren't necessarily at the extremes of the two that I, two things that I just outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's true. That's what I sense to be true Yeah, that's based on my experience.
1: That's an interesting theory. I mean, I've always thought of it in sort of very simplified terms as agency side, you're always going to be more of, a, of, a, uh, of an all-rounder, of a generalist to some extent. Uh, you might not be a full-on uh, generalist, but you're going to be a little bit more.
0: That's a really great point actually there.
1: And now my wheels are turning. And we said talent, people, and time. They also, also s- uh, sell specialization. So I think on the agency side, you're going to be more specialized, right? You're going to be, let's say, and again, everybody's full stack. There's not necessarily front and back, but like five years ago, like agency side, you were going to be a front end developer or a back end developer. Merchant side, you got to do both.
0: Let's face it, Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by Mage Mojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud architecture geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E. M O J O dot com slash Mage Talk. Thanks again to Mage Mojo for the continued support of Mage Talk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is a Magento premier partner, providing cloud and on premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes, from recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, and Verizon to small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention MageTalk to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. I think that the further we get down the headless path, the less I believe that to be true because I think the specialization really can become more front-end versus back-end and the two, you know, never having to really, um, not having to understand how the front-end is architected by being truly, like, functionally back-end. I think we we have DevOps people that only focus on DevOps. We have back-end developers only focus on back-end. We do a ton of work um, in the react and headless space and, um, and the front end developers there are, you know, JavaScript, uh, uh, pros who, you know, don't ever touch, um, you know, Magento code. Uh, those are all really interesting. Um, I would call them like, uh, it's a, it's an outgrowth of like the, the modern stack that isn't also like, and we'll have, by the way, we're going to have Eric Irway on Mage Talk in a few weeks and, He's going to talk about Magenta 2.4 and uh, PWA Studio. He's going to talk about like this joke that I made around, you know, it not quite being ready for primetime um, and how that's probably an old joke now. Um, <laughs> By the way, uh, we got to talk yeah. about
1: your payments joke that is on the verge of cracking 100 likes. Hey, um, I need two
0: more likes, I think. To I get just it, gave to it. Well, it I just
1: got it from 98 to 99. So, hey, baby, yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Thank you. I have a payments um, joke, but it was declined. It's hysterical.
0: (laughs) I love these like little Twitter moments that happen where, you know, there's like, you know, a, uh, a tweet meme and then it goes through the same cycle. It's like everybody jumps on board and then you have some party poopers who are like, I'm going to mute everybody who does this. And then you have everybody who's like, "Ugh, are we still doing this? And that's two days later. So you really have to catch gotta, those as they're you happening. Yeah. Yeah. You, know.
1: yeah, you got to catch yeah. them as they're, as they're going. The other thing I, I wonder about this um, conversation about um, uh, being a good consultant requirements gathering is like, to what extent is it a seniority thing? Um. Yeah, I, I remember. Seen, I mean, tweet. you mean experiential? Yeah.
0: Like it's come with experience. Yeah. Like I, right. I
1: remember this tweet I saw. That's like the junior developer says. I think that'll take a hundred hours. The uh, mid-level developer says. I think I can do it in ten hours. And the senior developer says, "We actually shouldn't do that." Um. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And 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 I wonder if that's um sort of a seniority thing across both agency side and merchant side. Um, yeah. uh, where the more experienced like, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting thing because there are people who are just more geared towards being sort of pure developers, less on the dealing with people, consulting with people, understanding requirements, messy, fuzzy, um, you know, sort of, uh, elements of psychology, um, and business and product um but then i think on, on some level i think all developers and me and you are great examples of that um you know get more into the business side of things and understanding the bigger picture um yeah. as they go and as they grow um and as they mature like as a person and also as a professional so the more i think about that's, this the more i that's have no the thing
0: idea. we we lack the most like <laughs> uh That's the thing we lack the most. I mean, something digital, we, we are thirsty for tech leads. I would say if there's one thing in our ecosystem that we are, um, that we need, uh, like our growth is hampered by is the ability to hire and retain. Um, and by the way, like we have excellent retention at something digital. We just ran the numbers. Like, through end of June for 2020 in the first half of 2020, we've you know had 5% attrition. And in our business, you guys have pretty insane shocking. retention.
1: Yeah. You guys yeah, have, we really do. pretty insane tenure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very proud of that. Like it, it's a really great place to work, but, and this is not an advertisement for SD in any way. Um, I, I, we just, we cannot seem to hire, folks of that seniority that you're talking about, like that, of, of that level of experience that can come in and, and be the bridge between regu- requirements and the actual uh, implementation, because they need to be, be able to speak both languages. Like they are the babble fish. Like they're the, the, they're the intermediary that understands functionally why we're doing this, how it needs to be done. And then very specifically, like every implementation detail and how it should be like, As a team, how we're all going to do it. And that's, uh, there's not enough of those people in the Magento ecosystem. And the ones that do exist are probably happily employed somewhere else. Uh, So you either have to like go recruit them away it's very difficult and probably very expensive um, or you have to build them yourself, which means you have to have a constant influx of juniors, which is the thing we decided to do. I, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum in early days in the show, but building a training program at something digital that turns people into certified developers straight out of college and gets them billable inside of, you know, eight to 16 weeks is the thing that has kept our business growing. Um, and then retaining those people and holding on to them for four or five years to where they can become a tech lead. like, it's a long, long term investment that you just have to like commit to and hope it pays off one day. And it did for us, but you know, otherwise you're acquiring, you know, you're, you're just hiring the same pool of people away from, you know, other agencies over and over again. And that becomes untenable to be honest with you, like over time, um, those folks don't wind up sticking around for five or seven years, which is what we would hope. Um, Which is very rare also, by the way, in coastal agencies, like to to be a New York City agency and to hold on to someone for five years. That doesn't happen. It's
1: very rare. Um, Like if like I like like to see two years, you know, if I see two, I'm like, hey, they put in their time. If they're if they're they're looking great, you know, that looks good to me. If they're if they're like at a one year mark, it's like ah, what's going on there? What's that and if all about? Two, yeah. What's that two all about? one years in a row? It's like, er, 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 you know,
0: <laughs> um, and it's like, I'm giving away the secret sauce. You
1: know, I'm very much pro people doing what they want to do and maximizing their earnings and things like that. But you're right that it's, it's, it's like how fast can, um, you know, it's like how, it's like if there's continuous growth forever, something has to give eventually um it's kind of like yeah. as as you know the world economy keeps growing 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 um uh, how at what point is that sustainable and then on the um it's kind of a weird analogy to give but uh you know as, yeah, as I, salaries I, I, I go meant. up and up and up and all of a sudden you have somebody that's like i'm looking for one you know i'm looking for one fifty, one seventy, one eighty, and it's like okay that's that's high man like um
0: It's funny because I, I remember this and, and this is super interesting. In our first month or so of running this podcast, I think it might've been the second or third episode. I, I basically said that that was unsustainable back then. And there were, um, developer, I feel, I feel like it was guidance, uh, and, you know, an LA agency back in the day, um, who's still around, I think they're like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Longer, like I think six years ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, six years ago, they were commanding, you know, 170 for, you know, for a, a, a lightly tenured Magento developer at the time. Um, you know, it really hasn't gone up from there. I feel like that's been a ceiling-ish. Um, you're going to have to do way more than just be an engineer to to command uh, a bigger salary than that. And that's where I think the rubber meets the road is, is also the the tech stack has changed dramatically and knowledge of the stack has changed dramatically and people have sort of new people have you know flooded into the ecosystem which i think has created downward pressure which is the thing that happens by the way always always <laughs> right, like right right that's, right, right. The, the more opportunity that there is the greater influx of of qualified talent which depresses you know you have more developers than you have positions which Um, which is what will depress uh, the salaries in the marketplace. Um, On the other side, you have people leaving the ecosystem, too. There's a hole in the bottom of that bucket, uh, which is like the longtime developers who are looking to find other avenues for growth because they've plateaued. So they move out of the engineering and they move into something like adjacent. Like we saw... um, you know, AOE, uh, you know, going all in on cloud and AWS and, you know, becoming AWS partners. And like, that was an area of growth for, um, you know, bigger firms. But the thing that I'm, the thing I'd like to come back to is this idea for me, why, why this matters is just thinking about thinking about this. Now, a lot of the challenges of us growing an agency used to be things that were like cultural, like, there were lines around things that are culture-based that we we couldn't overcome. For instance, having an in, you know, having people in our office in New York City was, you know, for certain roles was a thing that you know culturally was like a, yeah, I, I I whatever. It was non-negotiable. Correct. <laughs> certain. Correct. Certain people. For many at a certain people, level, it was
1: it was non-negotiable, right? And and right. like you said, there's been pressure put.
0: On that policy, um, as you would, and you would think that it would be COVID that's actually put the pressure on it. And for us, it was just hiring. Like we, we could not hire people. Yeah, We couldn't hire people with that being the restriction. And it's like, I remember, um, you know, uh, uh, Wilson Sheldon did a stint with us and, you know, he was in Atlanta. I'm, I was the first like truly remote hire at SD. Like we had to like flex on that just for the sake of we couldn't fulfill our obligation. (laughs) Like we had to, we had to, we had to get developers to fulfill um, on, you know, on, on, uh, you know, on the contracts that we were trying to win. And I guess that comes back down to what Bob was talking about, which is something beyond growth and more right? Like beyond just the, we're growing as a business or more and more and more. And I think this plays into the ecosystem thing that's happening. So I want to hear what you think here, but you, you with like, how do I even approach this? Or how do I even say this? Like with the number of exits or the number of acquisitions that have happened in the Magento ecosystem over the last two years and how most of the independents, uh, Something digital is still fiercely independent, um, but most of the independents have become uh, either have either merged or been acquired by larger offshore agencies who are looking to penetrate into the magenta the U.S. market, or who are looking to move up market into the AEM you know like larger implementation space with bigger budgets. Yep. Um, I I'm curious about like to get acquired. You probably shouldn't be having a downward trajectory in sales. <laughs> right. You probably shouldn't have a downward like just to get acquired. You you like you probably need to to be on that path that Bob was talking about, which is growth and more. And so I think that that's sort of at odds with a certain type of like a mentality of like you have to sell things for developers to to build on, but then you have to hire people to be able to sell it. I think there's this really interesting. It's a challenge, I guess. I is think I see what, I'd say what say. you're like
1: a, what you're saying is that
0: I'm not saying it eloquently. I know that, <laughs> but I'm throwing so it a, out there to see if I can find w- how to a say rare,
1: it. Um, rare, in moment, but um, uh, it's like you're saying that in order to be a, basically a successful, thriving agency, you have to be growing um, at a certain clip. I feel like is, is is sort of what you're getting at. And which yeah, I mean, does anyone want to go work of...
0: for a company that's on the way down? No, definitely right? does not. Does anybody want to go, does anybody want to like acquire a business on the way down? Like, what is, the, what is the eventuality that we're all working towards here? Like, steady state is, I think, and I, I, I kind of hate this mentality and it, it it's sort of antithetical to how I believe, but I think it's actually true. Like, to not grow is to kind of die. Right. And, yeah, and like, I, I like, that's a, that's a little bit of a weird thing to have to confront. Right. Yeah. I think
1: that, yeah. So yeah. So I think that like, yeah, if you, if you're not, there's no like exact, even, um, you know, staying exactly at equilibrium, right. You're either growing a little bit or, or, or contracting or whatever. Like I think about, um, uh, PJ, uh, P- Peter Yap, uh, Blockschmere over in uh, the Netherlands, he has a great little agency, Algentos. And I I don't know how many people they have, but like I remember talking to him about this and they grow real gradually. Um, Also, talk about salaries over in Europe. They're nowhere near as high as in the U.S. Now, obviously, they have more benefits and things like that. There's healthcare and stuff like that baked in. Uh, but they have, I mean, it's, it's it's an interesting contrast, right? Because in the U.S., it's more, 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 more higher salaries, sure, right? And then yeah. in 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 many parts of Europe, you're making thirty thousand euros, forty thousand euros is like great, and it's not going up at the same clip. Um, but they have a great quality of life. They work on a great team, and they have nice like sustainable growth where they can be real picky about their clients and things like that. Just really focus on, I mean, they're basically the lifestyle businesses of um, agencies yeah. that are growing. Right. And to a lot of people, lifestyle business is a bad word. It means you're not being aggressive enough. You're not being ambitious enough. You're not going to get the exit that you want. Um, but yeah, I but think lifestyle
0: about, businesses, where do they go? Like eventually lifestyle businesses sort of fade and die. Um, because there's very few industries, at least in the tech space, that can remain relevant over 15 or 20 years and provide a lifestyle for the ownership. And like I, I, I don't know. I, th- I find that to be an interesting challenge. Of I think of,
1: that I feel like lifestyle businesses die when the owner loses interest, which, let's be honest, can happen. You know, um, I oh, think yeah. about a, oh, a base sure. camp where the owners are still in it and excited about it somehow who the heck knows how um and it, and it does well i think about PJ, you know i think about
0: they're so excited about it that they started an email service that you know two months later nobody cares about yep.
1: <laughs> yeah they're i guess they're wandering a little bit um but yeah I but mean you,
0: i think that's a good example because that's 20 years yeah, almost yeah. you know like that's that's a, that's a great example but, of a tech business that can be a sort of a a lifestyle business. Yeah, and I
1: think the point you're making is is on the whole is a valid point is that, you know, in tech things grow fast and they either sort of really skyrocket quickly, um get acquired or IPO or they kind of just fade off into irrelevance. <laughs> like at least that's a narrative I think that we believe. I'm not sure exactly how much truth there is to that, but I know what you
0: mean I when think you back- say that. I think about 20, you know, I wasn't with the business 20 years ago. I've been at SD for eight years. Um, gosh, look at those guns. Holy cow. Look they at mean, you. Okay. Um, here, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go full screen. Do that again. You got to drink again. Take that uh, we got to show these people. Oh my gosh. Look at that beef. Show them the guns. Um, <laughs> got to give the people what they want. <laughs> you got to give the people <laughs> what they want, which is definitely not my beef. Ooh. Um <sighs> I don't know what that means at all. So listen, um, 20 years ago, Something Digital, 21 years ago, they were, you know, like they're, they they weren't doing Magento because it didn't exist, right? So uh, there was, you know, a lot of Microsoft services and then it was uh, Motorola embedded kiosks and then uh, Something Digital built like the very first clear airport kiosk systems um, SD did that, you know, they did a lot of retail, like infrastructure, um, did a lot of work for like Lacoste and, and, um, and stuff like that, like putting in point of sale systems and then, you know, did a lot of site, site core, uh, CMS work and WordPress and did some Drupal and eventually found its way to Magento 10 some years ago. Like if you're going to have that business for any length of time, 20 years, you're probably not going to do the same thing for all of those 20 years in the same way that you've always done it. This is not like, right. You're not doing construction. You're not building pools like this. The technology changes very rapidly. And the way that you do business now will be different than than what you did five years ago. You know,
1: what's a great example of this is actually Mage Mojo, um, our, our, uh, our beloved sponsor. That's a great example. Because here's a company that's been, uh, you know, relatively small, independent, right. Super community oriented. Um, pivoted, uh, I guess, a few years back from their own hardware to uh, AWS cloud, right? Uh, Which is like you're saying, like a lot of people probably thought, hey, I'm going to run my own hardware, my own data center, got this all figured out. And then boom, a couple of years later, an industry shift happens and uh, you have to pivot, right? And then also what else has happened at the same time? Magento cloud, right? Magento got into the hosting business. Right. Here's a yep. big uh, 500 pound gorilla that's getting in to uh, compete with you. Right. Um, and now they're still doing really well. Right. And um, and and chugging along. But it's a, it's an interesting I think of them as a very successful, you know, smaller business like I don't, I don't you don't want to say lifestyle, but like. Grow sustainably. And actually I'm gonna be doing an interview with Eric uh pretty soon. We're gonna talk about how they've scaled, how they do remote work, how nice. they built a support organization and stuff like that. Um and I'm really interested to to talk through that. But yeah, that's an interesting case, right? Um
0: it is. I I and but before Magento, um or or you know, post Magento, like the 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 idea of only hosting Magento one or two uh is probably a bit foolish like the in in the future the landscape into e-commerce and broader e-commerce especially like those that are of the open source variety that are hosted on you know on some infrastructure somewhere like where they compete is not against other Magento hosts where they like the broader competition could be why why would you choose Mage Mojo over something like Heroku um because developers like giving developers uh, uh, a reason to want to sell that into their organization of like, this is what I dev on. This is what I use to like, you know, perform whatever. Like this is my preference and having that preference and making developers' lives easier is like, that is a growth vertical for them too. I'd love to hear, you know, when you talk to him, maybe that's something you can poke at a yeah. little bit because I think that the the new, the new hosting stacks that so you think about... Um, gatsby and that whole ecosystem um google's uh you know google's uh cloud too um i forget the name of their like ready made baked host uh platform i forget what it's called um GC, just G C G C gc just the google no 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 that's their aws variant there's there's another thing that they have that's like fire no, firebase? firebase is it yeah. firebase yeah but it's like they are they're these like they're hosting platforms but they're they're meant for developers that can easily be just like you press a button and it's in production. Like I, that that is, seems to be the modern variant of providing hosting services Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, dev two was one, Um, there's a bunch, right? And so I think like, if you were, if you're going to hang into hosting in the next five to 10 years, you probably need to have that stack figured out in some way and I'd be thinking about that. Like, uh, um, I just think that that's, it, it's just an interesting thing because it changes like who you hire. It changes the technologies you implement to be in the game for a long period of time is like, you kind of have to keep the foot on the gas. Cause if you take the foot off the gas, like you have, or you got to live The in inability, Europe. like, <laughs> I think that, Oh, maybe. I yeah. Think I don't know. The, maybe. Yeah. I think that's the, maybe that's the, yeah. You know what this is? This is an exploration of, uh, <laughs> socialism versus uh,
1: capitalism. Uh, basically.
0: Yeah. Of, 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 um, of uh, you know the the american delusion of superiority yeah. <laughs> and the capitalistic market um and our free uh free enterprise system um i think this has been a really interesting conversation i i, I think that you know if you look at uh mckinsey put out the study by the way uh i was trying to find the tweet but i i'm i can't find it cuz that's how twitter works i'll never find it again mckinsey put out this t- study that showed like basically in q2 uh, from May to June was effectively like a compressed 10 year growth span for e-commerce. Oh, compressed into, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we grew 10% of adoption shifted from offline to online in the space of
1: three months, 10 weeks. It was like 10 years and happened in 10 weeks, basically 10
0: years, Something 10 years like happened that. in yeah, 10 yeah, weeks. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's an elegant way of putting it. 10 years happened in 10 weeks we will likely retain a good bit of that. And the whole ecosystem stands to benefit from it. Um, I'm, I'm very curious uh, what the Adobe ecosystem will look like in, you know, a year or two. Um, I know we, we mentioned at the top 2.4 is a monumental achievement. Um, And when I see a lot of people sort of, uh, that are typically of the sort of like naysaying variety, kind of congratulating Magento on 2.4. That's, that gives me a lot of hope. Um, Another thing that gives me some hope is that they were touting how many QA cycles it had been through publicly. Mm -hmm. And also they're dog fooding now. Magento Marketplace is running the latest and greatest version of Magento. That's shocking to me. That's really smart, Um, yeah like that's a really smart thing to do too cuz i feel like that's a way to find like suss out issues yeah. also I, I see a lot of um really interesting uh uh really interesting internal uh, communication around um rethinking platform architecture decisions in uh like a good example would be uh i saw a uh, a proposal for um proposal i forget who it was from it was on github uh, for price books to replace product uh, product pricing uh c- customer group pricing and and uh indexed pricing mm-hmm. um to see that kind of momentum still uh flies against this narrative that i've seen floating around that Magento's dead um
1: what are price books by the way i'm not sure i'm familiar with that
0: yeah, it's a term for basically having um, like a a pricing schedule for every customer. Um, there's a default one, but then you can override that with a price book that's for every customer. And historically, Magento has had a very complicated pricing system. Um, there's uh, we, We'll go into deeper detail, I think, at a, a later time. But I think a lot of this comes from the Akron um, B2B uh, uh, module acquisition Mm. that happened in September last year. So
1: it's basically Um, like customer specific prices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's something that I think everybody could use and it doesn't rely on the indexing scheme of Magento. And it's also not 10 years old, like the current, you know, because right now everything's like almost exponential. You have one customer group and everything's probably okay. You've got two customer groups and now all your prices (laughs) have, you know, twice as many index entries. And, and, and when you, when you have really fragmented customer groups that, you know, have a lot of different pricing, uh, complexity, um, that gets hairy real oh, yeah. fast. Oh, um,
1: yeah. and that's a tough thing to refactor or into kind of it's, solution. And it's around. so
0: like, even the, even the templating in Magento around pricing is really hairy to display certain like price, uh, uh, to display price in a very specific way to a customer. I think that's also one of the reasonings behind like react being like, it just like screw all of that. We don't need to figure out what price to show in some crazy template. Let's just ask the API for the price. Um, So like, anyway, uh, some of the headless adoption might, like (laughs) might have uh, obviated the need for a bunch of this, but internally like serving that up from an index has been like a performance nag for a little while. Um, But to see people trying to solve that from a community engineering perspective right now and that it's coming from the community. Woo. Yeah. Right. I think Adobe might've learned a lesson around the Adobe stock, uh, you know, trying to get Adobe stock integrated into Magento is like had some backlash and now let's actually focus on things that matter. That's kind of cool. So 2.4 is a big deal, I think. And it solves a lot of like phantom issues supposedly around persistent cart Persistent cart had all these kinds of issues where people would like, where there would be phantom issues, like orders that happen that are duplicated in the back end, but, uh, and then orders that don't happen that are charged, you know, anyway to the payment method, they were really hard to suss out. And they're like holdovers from Magento. I've, had, nice it, I've had to troubleshoot
1: here. a couple of persistent cart issues in my day. <laughs> that's, that's a rough, that's a rough <laughs> time. Um,
0: Freaking awful! Yeah, no, um, I, I'm
1: I'm looking forward to. I got to say, Mark, uh, shout out to Mark Schust has been doing uh, at least one, yeah, uh, uh, really nice recap video on one of the last uh, Magento releases. And I got to say, man, I've been wanting somebody to do that forever. Just a nice, you know, we look at these release notes and I get lost in them. And for somebody to do a nice overview summary, I thought he did a great job of it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that for uh, for 2.4, so I can wrap my head around it because uh Ooh. haven't had my finger on the pulse but
0: um you know as as they say all right i think we're coming up on time i'll give you the last word
1: final word uh check out commerce hero if you're looking to hire somebody uh i will i will <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting a little more promotional. Shameless. I'm getting a little more shameless. You should do it. And it's okay.
0: Dude, don't, don't, you should never be shameless. This is sales That's how you make your living. That's correct.
1: (laughs) That is correct. (laughs)
0: Like it's 2018 all (laughs) over again. I love it. Um, You heard it here. Go to commerce Hero and check out MageMojo and our friends uh, over at MageMojo who run Stratus Cloud, the best, uh, best darn place to host your Magento site. And uh, tell Magento I said so. All right. Uh, Love you. (laughs)
1: Love you guys. Love you too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Over and it.